Are you ready, kids? Are you ready to party? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I don't know. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, let's go. Are you ready or what? Are you ready? Are you ready to go crazy? I'm already hearing voices. Barnacle hit. I mean, uh, hi, and welcome to Absorbent and Yellow, a SpongeBob deep dive, the podcast where I and my friends talk about the making of and our admiration for SpongeBob SquarePants. Today on the podcast, we've got the classic episodes Jellyfishing and Plankton, the latter of which, of course, will be the debut of one of the most important main characters of Bikini Bottom, Plankton. This is the second episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, written at least in part by a certain Doug Lawrence, a.k.a. Mr. Lawrence, a.k.a. the voice of Plankton himself. Uh, In the audio commentary um, for this episode, Doug Lawrence uh, says that he apparently won the voice of Plankton in an auditioning contest held at the beginning of production on the show. And I think that um, that shows uh, throughout this episode and the entire show um, the amount of ownership that that Doug Lawrence takes in the character, not only in the amount of personality that he gives him, which is hilarious, by the way. Uh, you can probably um, hear Doug Lawrence's voice throughout the show whenever there's a pretty um, deep-voiced uh, background character or side character. You might recognize him from last week's um, debut character, Larry the Lobster. So just hilarious that the smallest character in SpongeBob happens to have the deepest voice. But then on top of that, um, many of the jokes, either about uh, Plankton's character or his dialogue himself, come straight from... Doug Lawrence, uh, the most notable one from this episode being Plankton's apparent need to constantly remind people that he, in fact, went to college. So Jellyfishing and Plankton, two great episodes. I've got uh, uh, longtime friends on the podcast today to discuss um, these classic episodes. So without further ado, let's get into Jellyfishing. Welcome back to Absorbent and Yellow. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about um, jellyfishing and plankton, two classic episodes. With us on the podcast today is special guest Mark Milligan. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's been a great day so far. Mark, uh, tell us who you are uh, and uh, your history with SpongeBob. Uh, well, I'm just a regular guy, but, uh, born, <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we went to high school together. I don't, I was like, should I introduce like why you're, why I know uh, yeah. you are. I mean, yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> this yeah, works. I'm a regular guy, uh, born and raised, you know, uh, in the nineties and early two thousands. Yeah. So obviously SpongeBob, huge part of my life, uh, probably, Nice. far too many episodes of them uh, of Spongebob and nice. seen, seen some nice. of them way too many times I can I was, can still quote it going back like I was like I know what the next scene is <laughs> alright well let's just start with the uh, synopsis of the episode um, this episode starts with Spongebob and Patrick in like an action movie uh, like Mission Impossible-esque uh, scene uh, going down to what I assume is Spongebob's 
basement, though I don't know if he has a basement. Yeah, it's um, kind of also and, kind of funny if you think yeah. about the architecture of this house. Right, yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact that SpongeBob, I mean, he's got the main family room, he's got a kitchen, he's got a bathroom, and then upstairs he has a bedroom, and I think in his attic or something, he's got like a giant library, which yes. we don't see until later in season one, but I don't know where the poles in his house are or where they lead to yeah. i would assume his basement but then they they exit the house just like on the main floor but regardless uh we've we've seen spongebob jellyfish before but now we're being introduced to like spongebob and patrick take this as a very very serious uh sport so they obviously get ready to go jellyfishing they exit uh, the house SpongeBob is wearing his uh, jellyfishing glasses, which is a thing that he wears for some reason, and they break into song. Um, but when I was a kid, I just associated jellyfishing with singing that song. I don't know why, but that yeah. just seemed like a rule to me. Like you're supposed to like frolic and sing that song, which, which immediately like takes it from that super intense to like, oh, it was just a flying a kite, you know? Because they're right. like dancing through the friggin' prairie or whatever, singing right. la la la. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Spongebob and Patrick, I'm, I'm vamping up to our uh, first soundbite. Spongebob and Patrick do that for a little bit. They get stung for a little bit. And then they have the genius idea to invite uh, Squidward to go jellyfishing with them. So they ask him <laughs> if he wants to join. Their best. <laughs> hey, Squidward! We're jellyfishing. Uh, of course you are. Bye now. Wait! We made a net especially for you! Do you want to come with us? Really? Jellyfishing with you guys? Oh, that would be the best day ever in my book! I would love to go jellyfishing! I can't think of anything I'd love to do more on my day off than go jellyfishing with my two best friends, SpongeBob and... Uh... Patrick! Right! <laughs> Bye-bye. And so obviously uh, Squidward turns him down. What the listener doesn't know is that testing the microphones before this, I played that soundbite about 20 times. So <laughs> Marcus <laughs> got to listen to <laughs> Squidward make that <laughs> noise, which is <laughs> very funny. Um, I love that Squidward doesn't know Patrick's name for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like really like, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I feel like later in the show, that's just pretty well established that they all know. Everyone knows every other character. They literally are neighbors, but he just doesn't know who Patrick is. And Patrick's like, come on, you know. Yeah, he's just like, like, they definitely live next to each other for some time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if I got this in the sound clip, but um, I love uh, SpongeBob's innocent, like, next time. And uh, uh, Squidward, you know, tells them like, oh, you guys, that would be my, the best day ever or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And SpongeBob seems to take it very literally. You know, Patrick's like, I don't think he likes us. And SpongeBob's like, oh, what are you talking about? We're his best friends. So... I feel like this scene just really establishes Squidward's hatred for SpongeBob and Patrick and uh, SpongeBob and Patrick's like loving naivete and thinking that they just genuinely are best friends with Squidward. He actually like would have like gone jellyfishing with them. He's like, no, right. sorry, mm -hmm. I'm busy. He's like, OK, well, next time. like we'll get you next Saturday. Like, And I love it seems like tell me what you think of this, but it seems like SpongeBob is more familiar with Squidward 
than Patrick is. Like, it seems like Patrick is leaning on on SpongeBob to figure out, like, does he like us? And SpongeBob is having to be, like, reassuring, like, oh, yeah, of course he does. Yeah, yeah he's very confident that, like, there's no right. way he could ever dislike us. Like, we're obviously best friends. He just said it. Like, <laughs> right. And I just love, again, Squidward doesn't know Patrick's name and they're literally neighbors. So I'm like, have they literally, like, never interacted before? Or, like, it seems like these first couple episodes are, like, really setting up. I don't know if the lore is the word. Like, I don't know how much lore there is in the world of SpongeBob, but, like, before this point, Squidward and Patrick have not interacted. And Squidward only knows SpongeBob by him being an annoying neighbor, which is why he was so eager for him to not uh, work with him at the Krusty crab so just super interesting how they set up these relationships yeah, he's um, like the over friendly neighbor where patrick was probably more just like background right <laughs> literally just like living under his rock also just super interesting that like they the, i think that the creators very intentionally choose to use characters in certain ways to play off of each other and you see spongebob and squidward play off of each other a lot and you see spongebob and patrick play off of each other a lot but i feel like it's very rare that you get to see like squidward and patrick play off of each other like they weren't like made to interact with each other yeah there's definitely not very many interactions where like it's just those two on the screen or anything like that i don't know Mm-hmm. Don't like mm-hmm. a lot of open dialogue between the two of them. So the story continues. Uh, Squidward leaves on his bike ride and he is laughing about how he, you know, has tricked SpongeBob and Patrick into thinking that he cares about them and wants a jellyfish with them. We get our first uh, look at Squidward's weird laugh where, um, you know, his nose kind of like does this weird, like, uh, it constriction on itself. In a, it's kind of like, it sounds uh, gross when I'm. Like a fruit that's like rotten. Yeah. Versus a, it's like, <laughs> I, don't, uh-huh. I don't know it how sounds, to describe it. <laughs> totally. It sounds like kind of disgusting describing out loud. I feel like in my head, I'm like, that's just Squidward's laugh. And anybody listening to this podcast just like knows what it is, you know? But I guess it's a joke on like, because he's an octopus and that's what their heads look like. I don't know. But we get the first instance of that which is interesting. And then uh, Squidward runs uh, headfirst into a, a jellyfish. It, it gets stung in the mouth bite or whatever. Um, and then uh, Squidward's uh, day goes south very quickly. This episode doesn't have like a lot of dialogue, but anytime that, you know, we have full grown men doing voices of cartoon characters having to just scream and act like they're falling down a cliff, I have to uh, honor them by playing that sound clip. But I don't know about you, Mark, but uh, watching this scene, I couldn't help but think of Hot Rod. Yes, that's uh, exactly what of... I was thinking. <laughs> really? That's awesome. Yeah. Of, of him falling down the, the mountain, right? Yeah, where he's just like falling and he just, it keeps getting worse and worse. And, <laughs> right. and he's like screaming the whole time and tumbling over himself. Yeah. But so anyway, um, we then cut from, uh, you know, Squidward dying to just Squidward driving up <laughs> on um, a, a wheelchair. I really love this scene because for one, it's super silent. Doesn't lend well for an audio podcast, but just like silently, SpongeBob is just sitting in his chair patiently waiting for Squidward to get back. And he just, it, we get one shot of him looking <laughs> at a photo, a framed photo of him and Squidward 
that just has the <laughs> caption friends underneath yes. it. <laughs> and he yes. just keeps checking out his window for Squidward. And Squidward doesn't come back in a car or an ambulance or anything. He just drives his uh, automated wheel motorized wheelchair all the way back to his house. And so then SpongeBob and Patrick, you know, keeping to Squidward's word on giving him the best day ever because they're best friends, go over to uh, spend company with him. Patrick, of course, tries feeding him soup and it doesn't go well. And then SpongeBob tries to play the clarinet for him, but his lips are too dry. How about some music on your best day ever? Played on your very own clarinet. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, my lips are a little dry. Music isn't best either. Oh, that's a lot worse to just listen to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, when you watch it, it's one thing, but, like, just listening to that, it was honestly kind of rough. I know. It's like little, like, <laughs> 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 Yeah. It's an extra good touch. I don't know if it happens like right when Squidward gets home and they're like waiting for him or if it doesn't until like a little bit later. But they start that reoccurring joke of him just like constantly trying to escape these two. <laughs> and it's yes. like eat up, torn up uh-huh. shit. <laughs> He's just uh-huh. like, uh, I'd rather just go the other direction. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I love that uh, SpongeBob and Patrick are like low key annoyed at he- each other. Like SpongeBob is like. It's hard for him to watch Patrick blow soup onto Squidward's face. But then Patrick is just so genuinely pissed off at SpongeBob after listening to him like wet his lips, like pull the clarinet away from him. They're both trying to like one up each other to like have make Squidward's day perfect. But he just Uh hates them so much and wants them out of his Mm -hmm. house. So they both concede soup isn't best for his best day ever. Patrick asserts music isn't best either. Well, now they are going to to go uh do what they both love and what they're certain squidward will love and they they take him jellyfishing i love in this shot you just see them like out in an open field squidward just silently starts backing the wheelchair out of the shot and then spongebob runs and grabs him oh, silly yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i know you're eager buddy but, uh, <laughs> oh yeah that's what he says <laughs> And then we get what I think is the, definitely the line of the show um, and yes, one of is. my favorite SpongeBob quotes ever. I know you're eager, but you don't even have your net. Patrick, fix him up while I find him a good specimen. Firmly grasp it in your hand. <laughs> Firmly grasp it. <laughs> Firmly grasp it. <laughs> <laughs> firmly grasp it in your hand hearing that i can just see the the painting of squidward's hand with a jellyfish net straight through it it is like a painting yeah uh it's like a different it's like like a different media uh He figures out the, the trick to jellyfishing and starts um, jellyfishing on his own, and they're excited. We get Patrick and SpongeBob yelling at, at Squidward about what a great job oh, he's doing, which, yeah, I think has become like a staple of the show. We just had that last week with Bubble Stand when he's like blowing bubbles well, and that's something that the show will circle back to several times is like SpongeBob and Patrick cheering on Squidward <laughs> as he's doing After some... they like enticed him to do something he didn't want to do. <laughs> right, exactly. He comes across a, a king jellyfish 
fish and gets electrocuted to death. This has got to be for season one, probably one of the most graphic episodes. I mean, just Patrick <laughs> shoving a... <laughs> firmly grasped it. Right, shoving a jellyfish net through his hand is easily like the most extreme but squidward's like literally in a full body cast like on death row by the end of this episode so anyway you know squidward uh, we assume goes back to the hospital he shows up and and spongebob and patrick are not sure um if squidward is still mad at them we're really sorry about what happened yesterday squidward we got you a present it's the jellyfish you know, from yesterday. You're not still mad, are you? Yep, he's still mad. And this really could have been the end of the episode, um, but then just to top it all off, they have the king jellyfish show back up and electrocute Squidward. Out of his full body cast, yeah. <laughs> like. uh-huh. So uh, I just talked a lot, but Mark, I want to hear your thoughts on the episode. What stood out to you? What's good? What's weak? What do you think? I mean, my favorite parts were definitely just, you know, I like how he's like just being very facetious at the beginning and right. just obviously joking. Just like best right. day ever. Squidward's hurt. He's in the hospital. We're gonna cheer him up. We're gonna see him jellyfishing. Like his least favorite, probably on the earth. Uh, right. But then, this, like, like I kind of mentioned earlier, the subtle thing. Squidward just constantly trying to escape them, like being too weird and right. just never not noticing at all. <laughs> like them just like no, no, <laughs> right. no, Squidward, where, where are you going? You're going the wrong way. Like the whole episode. Like no matter uh, what, no, no matter how he's trying to escape. Like I don't know. That's what I really enjoyed from this episode was. It's kind of a little subtle, subtle reoccurring joke that Squidward was just really hates these guys. Totally. Cool. Well, uh, that is jellyfishing. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back uh, with Plankton. lost his mind? Something must be wrong with my brain. Or is he possessed? Leave my brain alone. Never. Find out on an all-new SpongeBob this Saturday morning, 10, 9 central, only on Nick. Welcome back to Absorbent in Yellow. We are back with the episode, the classic episode, Plankton. Plankton spelled with an exclamation point. First to start, before we get into it, no spoilers, but Mark, do you want to just speak for a second on um, why you picked this episode specifically? I mean, obviously, Jellyfishing is a good episode, but I picked this one because it's the introduction of a great character, Plankton, classic antagonist throughout the whole series. So mm-hmm. his introduction is pretty big. Nice. All right, so the episode Plankton opens up. We get SpongeBob messing around with uh, uh, Squidward. He's speaking in a French accent, saying, uh, Le pâté, monsieur, le ketchup, le mustard. Squidward tells him, uh, like, quit messing around. And then the Krabby Patty begins running away. Come on, SpongeBob. Stop it. I swear I'm not doing anything. Mr. Krabs, the Krabby Patty is haunted. Patty Pirate! 
This is no ghost. This is Plankton stealing me booty. Hear me, Krabs. When I discover your formula for Krabby Patties, I'll run you out of business. I went to college. And we are introduced to the really only regular evil villain of SpongeBob. Uh, Mark, question for you. Why do you think that Plankton continues to clarify that he went to college? I think it's to like be like, I should be more successful than you, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> <laughs> because I went to college. I'm smarter. Right. But I own the poorly run chum bucket across the street. I don't know. I, I really loved it. I don't know how long. I don't know if it goes throughout the whole series. I can't really remember. But I know, in, at least in this episode, he keeps going, I went to college, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> uh -huh. Until you said that, I never put together that that seems to imply that Mr. Krabs never went to college. Yeah, um, that Mr. Krabs is <laughs> uneducated man. <laughs> yes, he's a simple, wealthy, uneducated man. Uh, the fact that the chum bucket is located across the street is hilarious to me. <laughs> that he tells him to go back to his failing business, and then it's literally like exactly across the street and on a street that doesn't really have <laughs> any other businesses or buildings. It's like a street with the currency grab on one end and the chum bucket on the other. <laughs> right. But super interesting that SpongeBob does not know who who Plankton is before this point. You know, I said in the like the last segment that uh, we don't get a lot of lore building in SpongeBob, but I guess I take that back. Uh, Mr. Krabs kind of pulls the curtain back and um, lets SpongeBob into his world a little bit and explains who Plankton is to him. Hi, he's been trying to steal me secret formula for years, but you haven't got it yet, have ye, bugs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like this scene was just like it's just so stupid but it was also really funny how he just like stands there laughing for like an extra five uh -huh. to ten seconds i don't know it was uh -huh. like he's never laughed like that in this episode in an episode i know he right ne he never laughs like that again <laughs> it's right. like a one-time thing it's just this episode uh so anyway but, uh, spongebob uh later in the day he's leaving uh says goodbye to mr krabs and on his way home he runs into plankton come on boy a little closer closer not that close ah! so on the topic of introducing uh important characters mark uh why is plankton an iconic character to you oh so i think along with his i went to college he actually like especially throughout this episode i noticed that I, this is probably stuff like this went over my head as a kid. He always is using like big words. Uh, I don't know. He's, mm -hmm. He he refers to him and SpongeBob both as invertebrates as one yeah. at one point. Like I think uh -huh. right after the scene where they get stepped on. I don't know. So yeah. he's iconic in that way. But he's also like you kind of mentioned the only bad guy. It's just you need the classic antagonist for you know mm -hmm. the hero scenes like where SpongeBob can save the day or Mr. Krabs can save the day. He's iconic in that way. And then also just a lot of the humor and stuff that uh, SpongeBob was able to create with, you know, a tiny villain. <laughs> yeah, it, it is really funny how like SpongeBob for the most part is more or less like a sitcom that just creates funny situations for different characters to play off of each other. But then they introduce this like evil maniacal genius <laughs> exists in this world 
that they'll just occasionally have these off the wall, like science fiction level episodes about Plankton trying to take over the world. But then even that, the, the premise is like the most simple, like he just that's wants the Krusty the Krab <laughs> formula, you know? He just wants to run a successful business. That's his evil <laughs> right. plot. <laughs> right. <laughs> To run them out of business and just like his college degree to good use. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you really want in life. You start to feel sympathetic for him. Like he did go to college and he gets out four years later. Mr. Krabs has probably already started his business and he cannot get his business off of the ground. Maybe he's doing it for his wife, Karen. Love that her name is Karen, too. That's really. Oh, yeah. Aged, yeah, that's, aged well. <laughs> yeah, that's aged well. The, yeah. the, the evil guy's wife's name is Karen. <laughs> uh-huh. So he uh, uh, comes up with this plot. He's going to um, take over SpongeBob's brain and use SpongeBob's own body. I don't really know why, but I won't get ahead of myself. But he, he decides for whatever reason that he needs to take over SpongeBob's brain and use it to steal the Krabby Patty secret formula. SpongeBob, you will be mine. <laughs> So Plankton is inside of SpongeBob's head uh, and you see his literal brain. This is the first really like gross out humor in SpongeBob. It's not like that gross, but it is kind of like you're seeing inside of his brain cavity and his brain does actually like look like a, a brain. Like it's kind of like fleshy. Yeah, you know? They make the inside of his head like look a little bit like darker yellow and like a little yeah. grosser. It's uh-huh. not the same like outside sponginess. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I think it's purposely supposed to be kind of shocking. Um, and I think that this is an interesting turning point, even really early on for, for the show. Maybe I want to say it opens Pandora's box where the story writers in seasons one through three have a fair amount of restraint of when to do like gross out humor. And that restraint is like pretty much gone after season three. And SpongeBob, the show becomes known for like, you know, seeing people's toenails get peeled off and people's faces getting peeled off and all their organs being shown and blood spewing out of them and stuff. So like when you think know. about SpongeBob, it's like the last kind of show you would think about. But then if you go back and watch an episode, you'll like see that. You're like, really? I forgot that SpongeBob did this. Like- right. Totally. Yeah. It seems like after season three, SpongeBob started to become a little like Ren and Stimpy-esque of where like it wasn't afraid to be shocking and like gross. And again, you have some of that in these early episodes and and, like this instance isn't nearly as gross or like offensive or anything. But I don't know. It's just I don't have much more to say other than that observation of like it's just interesting. So he takes over SpongeBob's brain. SpongeBob starts walking out of his bedroom in his underwear and can't figure out why and he's talking to Gary about it. SpongeBob exits his house uh through the wall, goes through Squidward. I'm sorry to be the continuity cop, but I just can't help but notice Squidward's bedroom is on the bottom floor in this episode, even though we know that it's, you know, on the second floor, but that's okay. So SpongeBob uh, goes through the wall um, and Squidward is yelling at him. And um, I think that this might be my second favorite line of the episode here. Squidward's trying to get SpongeBob's attention and we get a very frightening um, response from SpongeBob. SpongeBob, what are you doing? I'm talking to you. SpongeBob, SpongeBob, are you mad? 
Shut your mouth, you mediocre clarinet player. Mediocre? SpongeBob's eyes roll back, and he tells Squidward, shut your mouth, you mediocre clarinet player. Does he, like, call him a, a mollusk, too, or something in a second? He does. I'm very impressed that you caught that. I was going to bring that up. I didn't think that you would have caught that. So first, <laughs> that line is just very funny. Um, but no, okay, he says, you pretentious little insignificant artists, your sniveling creations are worth less than a protozoan's waste. Can you guess what a protozoan is, Mark? Plankton, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I think protozoa and plankton are at least similar in size, but like their waste would obviously be smaller. Uh-huh. But I could be wrong. So uh, a protozoan is a single-celled microscopic animal of a group of phyla of the kingdom, proto, pro, whatever. But yeah, the joke is either that's the only thing smaller than him, but otherwise I just wrote down like this show is full of very specific marine biology jokes that I appreciate a lot more watching as an adult. Like when you said um, we're both invertebrates earlier, like I didn't even catch that, but that's two just in one episode of extremely specific marine biology jokes. Yeah, I mean, it's full of that. And but like what I noticed, especially with this episode is college educated plankton, the one that keeps making them too. nobody. <laughs> Else is yeah. saying, except for uh-huh. plankton so like to show he's smart and able to think of all these weird little schemes but uh he's still not still can't right. bump with a decent burger <laughs> <laughs> right uh uh-huh. so plankton takes spongebob um steals a krabby patty from the crusty crab and then shows um spongebob his lab brace yourself spongebob this is my lab show you my record player <laughs> this was definitely like my favorite joke of the whole both episodes i watched uh, okay this is my lab and it's yeah. just like an actual uh-huh. dog i was i didn't remember that wasn't expecting it so it was just like a, a, just an amazing pun i don't know yeah i loved it i laughed out Our, loud so plankton yeah. shows his record player again um i I really was expecting it to be the ABC song again. I'm not sure if this is supposed to be like a payoff from the joke earlier or or what. But regardless, very funny. Uh, they get the Krabby Patty um, to his secret laboratory. I love that this establishes um, Plankton genuinely as like an evil genius. They, you know, hint at it early in the episode, but he's got like a full out like evil lair which I think like you, you just take for granted now if, if you're familiar with SpongeBob and you've grown up on it. But it really is kind of hilarious and random that for some reason Plankton has an evil lair, like a, a like, you know, Batman style, like evil lair in his fast food restaurant. It's just like, oh, the back of the Burger King is also where I conduct my evil plots. Like, <laughs> Right. So at the start of this episode, I didn't have the clip. SpongeBob marvels at a, a Krabby Patty. And you hear angelic music playing in the background, and, and he marvels at it as a Mr. Krabs gift to Bikini Bottom. And we get a throwback to that here. All Plankton has ever wanted was the secret recipe to the Krabby Patty, and we hear SpongeBob kind of say it out loud. It's just too much for Plankton to resist that level of temptation um, when he could just have a Krabby Patty for himself. I'll never forget your 100% all-secret patty secretly assembled with undersea cheese, pickle, lettuce, tomato, onion, all secretly steaming between two fluffy seaweed seed buns. Yes. Yes. Yes! Come 
Plankton falls into um, the machine and gets scanned and, I guess, trapped into his computer, I guess. Um, but SpongeBob makes it out alive. Um, and with the Krabby Patty, Plankton does not get the secret Krabby Patty secret formula. But so to wrap up this episode and kind of bookends, you, you talked a little bit already. But Mark, do you want to just share about what makes this episode so great after having gone through it? Um, and, and why you picked to go through it today? Uh, well, I mean, like I, you know, did already say, you know, introduced Plankton, great villain, but then also, you know, definitely highlights just, you know, his whole character arc and pretty much classic story they're going to tell every time Tim appears, pretty much. It's, he's going to show up, probably fail right away, and then come up with some crazy sci-fi scheme in this episode, you know, it's over spongebob's brain and then right at the end right when you really think he's got it it's something magical happens or something stupid happens and then and the Krabby patty secret formula is safe i mean just you know they, they do it different every time but it, it pretty much follows that that arc it's just a classic episode you know if plank is going to be there it's going to be be good yeah i love this episode honestly i mean i obviously like i'll be able to tell better once i'm done with season one but i do think that this is probably one of the best episodes of season one. Like it's a complete classic. You're right. Every time that Plankton comes in because it's kind of a rare treat that he comes in. It's like such an insane, funny episode. And I think that the reason that this episode is so important to SpongeBob is because it introduces so well this completely different aspect uh, to the world of Bikini Bottom that the show can now explore in later episodes, which is specifically this relationship between Plankton and Mr. Krabs and Plankton and SpongeBob. And now we have like, even though SpongeBob never becomes like a, a crazy action hero in, in the show, um, despite ironically you know, the last episode kind of starting like Mission Impossible-esque, but he never becomes like the opposite of Plankton, um, but Plankton gets to act as just this maniacal evil genius that introduces a whole different feel um, than SpongeBob usually has. And then we get to watch almost like the character from a different show completely get to be the foil to this like evil supervillain. So I just love this episode. I would rank it very high, probably. I'm going to give know. it five stars. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to give it a five out of five. Not because like, you know, five out of five means that it's like perfect, but I don't know. It, it's perfect. Thinking, it's a perfect SpongeBob episode, but. I'm thinking if this episode is not a five out of five, but it is. That's kind of my logic. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm being <laughs> extremely picky at this point. Like, I think that like <laughs> my absolute favorite episodes, I would definitely give a five. But no, I think that, yeah, I, I would give a five out of five to like quintessential SpongeBob. And I do think that this is quintessential SpongeBob. And so for that reason, I give Plankton a five out of five. 
Cool, Mark. Well, before we wrap up, do you have any other thoughts on uh, either jellyfishing, plankton, um, or anything else? Uh, no, I mean, I think we covered most of it. You know, jellyfishing, very average episode. <laughs> <laughs> Those know, are your words, for, not mine. Very forgettable. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're all around good. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was good to, you know, go back uh, some SpongeBob, watch it again. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it and I, um, pretty much it just watching those episodes again, brought back a lot of memories. Okay. Well, last question before I let you go, I'm, I've decided that I'm going to ask all of my guests this, um, what is your favorite episode of SpongeBob SquarePants? Oh, I feel like I need more time to prepare for that, but I guess I just have it on the top of my head since, and we're going to go with the plankton theme. I'll go with the one where. Patrick gets a job at the chum bucket um, mm. and the battle between SpongeBob and Patrick. It, uh, that is a good one. After it. That's a good, that's a good episode. The All fry the goofy cook stuff. Games. And the fry cook games. That's what it is. All the goofy <laughs> yeah. stuff they do in that episode. It's pretty yeah. good. Cool. All right. Well, that is Absorbent and Yellow, episode three. Uh, you can find Mark nowhere because he didn't have anything to plug, but thank you for listening send me fan mail at the same place you send sam fan mail yeah you can uh write into mark at my home address yes. well there you have it folks episode three of absorbent and yellow in the books and look at that i did a, a pretty good job at keeping it closer to the 30-ish minutes this week next week we're gonna have another solo episode i'm super excited to talk about naughty nautical neighbors and boating school i'm gonna try a, a new format where i write it out kind of essay form ahead of time and and see how that feels um talking to you on the podcast like my children that i dearly love sitting sitting beside the fireplace listening to pap pap tell you a story about um spongebob seaweed 50% percent weed.